0: Hello, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Charge Gamescast. I'm your host, Ben, aka the Marvelous Iggy, and joining me is my quartermaster, because I would not trust anybody else with my ship other than himself, Justin. Uh, is this a ship going to Scotland? It's going where the fuck I want. I'm the captain. And joining us, the man, my first mate, Tyler. You know, I am definitely not secretly
1: o- planning to overtake the captain and, be- and uh, go off to find the One Piece. Definitely not doing that.
0: Pirates, pirates, pirates on the brain. We are the Games Gamescast. We are a weekly video game podcast dedicated to games we've been playing and news we've been written. And we were gone last week uh, for an impromptu Gattaca watchdog, which is now up, and which you can also wait to the end and hear me laugh like a madman. No, I will not explain. I will not give you context. You're just going to have to hold that. Uh, But let's start off with, we've been gone for two weeks, and Justin will be gone next week, but he is here now. What
2: have you been up to, gentlemen? Um, I actually haven't been playing much. Uh, I know it's been two weeks. I should have more to report, but I don't. Um, I've been trying to get a video ready for, uh, to to basically schedule for release while I'm gone. Just because I am a little behind on video stuff, and I'm like, you know what? I can knock this out. So I've basically been, like, uh... Not doing anything else except working on this, and I'm probably still not going to get it done before I leave, um, but that being said, um i've dabbled I've, I've done some dabbling um, I did a little bit more Kirby. Uh, my brother came down over the weekend, and um, I wanted to try the co-op in it uh because he'd never played this before, so I was like, hey, you know try the try Kirby with me uh the co-op is dumb. Um, like, the the second player can't do much of anything. Uh, like, you can't take any powers or anything. <coughs> you can't, um... Uh... Yeah, like, the camera follows Kirby. Mm-hmm. So you can't even really go do your own thing. And it's just kind of weird. Like, you're just a waddle-dee with, like, the spear and, like, some cool attacks. Like, it's good for, you know, boss fights, for example. But actually playing through the levels, like, you're just kind of along for the ride. Um, It reminds me of Tails in Sonic 2. Except he can actually get hurt and die. Um, Yeah, but it
0: doesn't count against your your score. Like, if he dies, you're fine.
2: Yeah, yeah. But it was one of those things where it's like, because the camera follows Kirby, he kept getting hit by things. He also didn't really know what he was doing. But, you know. Um, And... (laughs) It's funny, because I was like, you can't do anything! Like, it's really annoying, like, why? what's the point? And then, um, I was trying to take care of one of, like, the side objective things in one of the levels, and he just, like, took off for the exit, and went into the next room, and there was no door to go back. So I was like, you can't do anything, but apparently walk through a door and keep me from completing a level objective. Great! (laughs) Um... But, I mean, it's, it's still a fun game. I'm just a little disappointed by the co-op. With how some of the games in the past, like, you could, you know, turn abilities into companions and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, this one was definitely I built mean,
0: more for single-player stuff versus, yeah. like, Star Allies. If you that like, thankfully there's now two games on Kirby
2: that cater to different needs. For sure. Um, and then... Uh, I did not realize that uh, Echoes of Mana the new, like, mobile spin-off game um, dropped from pre-registration and was, like, auto-downloaded onto my phone um, because I pre-registered, so I allowed it to do that. It wasn't, like, intrusive or anything. Um, but I like, I saw this new icon on my games folder, and I was like, what is this thing? And I tapped on it. I'm like, oh, it goes to mana. Okay, great. Uh, so, yeah, I checked that out for a little bit. Um, it has some potential, but the problem is it's a gotcha game set in the kind of, you know, spotty universe of the Mana series. Mm. Uh, which is not really known for, like, its I- iconic characters and stuff.
0: Yeah, the closest you get is, like, the the characters from, from Secret, just because that was the one we had for the longest time.
2: Yeah. And, I mean, I know more characters than the average person probably would, but still it's not a huge roster of memorable characters so the whole concept of the game is like you're summoning people from the mana tree to like help you on your quest and I mean they start strong by giving you a hawk from trials of mana but your main character is like a new character and then there's these two other party members that are also I think are also new um, and they kind of you know teach you combat and stuff and like the game f- like looks and feels pretty good Um, it's got a really nice art style that's not quite, like, the traditional, you know, mobile game art style. It's, but it's also not very mana-like. Um, because the characters are kind of tall and, like, um, like, very fluidly animated. It's, I don't know, it's nice looking. It's like, it's like artwork. It kind of looks like the concept art from a mana game. Mm. Um, but, like, playable. And, um... The basic structure is you select a mission on like your you know your hub, and then you take whatever party members you've gotten from the gotcha system. Um, you equip them, level them up, whatever. Take them into a mission, and it's kind of one of those things where it's like a a slight side scroller. Like you can move, you know, in, within like a, a 3D plane, but you're basically going left to right, um, like Paper Mario or uh, Super Paper Mario, kind of um or yeah, just regular paper mario. <coughs> and um there's occasionally like there's branch off paths that you can go up to like find um other enemies and like treasure chests and that kind of thing. But for the most part, you're just kind of exploring forward engaging enemies. Um the combat system itself is I mean, it's it's normal mobile game stuff like You've got your main attack on screen. It's all, you know, on-screen buttons. You've got your main attack. Each character has a few, um... Uh, like, special attacks. Uh, you have a dodge button. Uh, like, a super attack... That you can, like, build up meter to do. Um... It's fine. Like, I mean, it's, it's about the same as a normal mana game. Because that is also kind of, like, hack and slashy. Uh... There's, like, you can, like, slot, a like, a magic spirit to yourself and, like, use their ability whenever you've, uh, that's on, like, a cooldown. Um, and it's just kind of like a, like a screen wiper, it seems like, for the most part. Mm. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get it again, but I was, like de- like, deleting everything off of my phone before my trip. So I have the most room for like you know video and pictures and stuff um so I didn't get a lot of time with it, but like it was already downloaded, so I figured I'd go ahead and try it while I had it um, and it's neat i'll definitely i'll definitely, I'll definitely give it some more time um but it's just it feels like a it, it feels like the kind of thing that should have just been like a you know five dollar like single player mana adventure type thing. Um, because the free-to-play gotcha mechanic, I don't think is going to have much play in the Mana universe. It's just not memorable enough. Um, it's kind of like how the you know the Mega Man X Dive game, like it uses the same like five or six characters and just gives you different versions of them because mm. they ran out, and so they're like, oh, let's have uh, uh let's
1: have Summer Day Zero Red. Yeah. And overly dressed white Iris.
2: Exactly. It's like, okay, you clearly just need more characters. Like, this is sad. Um, <laughs> maybe make some more Mega Man games and create new characters same. that way, you know?
0: <laughs> they, made a, the, but, they made a lot of them. It's just been a while.
2: Yeah. True. Um, but a lot of them use the same characters. True. Um... Aside from that, I haven't actually played too much. Like I said, I've mostly been tabling. Um, I mean, I, I did like a handful of DS games because that's what my video is on. Um, that's been most of the time. It's just kind of you know a few hours of each game. This this video is has twenty games Damn. in it. Like I'm not kidding in that it's going to take a long like it's 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 a long edit. Um. So yeah, a lot of DS games I know I've got lately, um, but.
1: <clears throat> Wayne's DS
2: I <laughs> I did um I have been kind of dabbling in uh The Legend of Zelda Minish Cap again. Um it was one I had on my phone and like the the GBA emulator on my phone is fine to use like with virtual buttons on screen. Um it's not the easiest thing to do because like the D-pad slips a little bit but like It's the kind of thing where, like, that's a game I can play. It's not... I mean, it's action-oriented, but, like, I'm good enough at it. You know, I can manage. Um, So I've kind of been playing through that casually over the last few weeks. And I love the game. But the one issue I have is just the aimlessness between dungeons. Um, Because this is a game that's basically structured where... There's just like, story events that are unlocked by arbitrary things. So, like, for example, there's a, you know, there might be like, the library in town. um, In Hyrule Town. There's a guy in front of the entrance that's just like, the library was supposed to be open by now, I don't know what's going on. And he just says that the entire game. Until suddenly he's gone. And you can go in the library. And I knew, like, that after the, the Wind Dungeon... Um, this is what I was, I was doing today, so it's fresh in my mind. I knew after the Wind Dungeon that I was supposed to go to Lake Hylia and do that, like, I think it's called the Temple of Droplets or something like that. And you have to get the, the flippers to get there. And so I was going all over the place, I was, like, trying to find my way around Lake Hylia, figure out what I was missing, and <clears throat> I looked up a guide, finally, because I gave up. Like, there was enough other, like, side stuff to do. Um, I was fine, but it was just frustrating to not make any progress. Um, I looked up a guide that said, you have to go into the library. And, I'm like, like, I thought the library was next, but there's a guy in front of it. Like, hmm. you'd think you would come, you know, you think you would leave after the dungeon. But no. Apparently, after the dungeon, you get the ocarina. And it lets you teleport between these different wind shrines. Um... That you can kind of find as you're exploring. Like you don't know what they do at first, but once you get the ocarina, it's like, oh, okay, that's what these are for. And the first time you play it, it shows you all the ones you've unlocked. Um, if you haven't unlocked any, the only one you'd see is one that it was just automatically unlocked in Lake Helia, which takes you there up on like a kind of a platform that's like um, separated out from everything else kind of a pointless teleport spot if you think about it um because you can't go anywhere from there but right in front of there is a uh a pad to go tiny um minish size if you will and a little house with a uh with a minish in it and you talk to them and they're like oh yeah i i know how to get into into Lake Helya yeah? you have to go to the library and and talk to the elder that like knows all about these things, or whatever he says. That guy! Yeah. And so then you can go back to town, and the guy has moved from the library, and you can go in. So I knew what to do, but I couldn't do it, because I hadn't gone and talked to that guy that tells me what to do. That, like, triggers the next event to happen. You know what I mean? And it's just annoying. It's like... I did the dungeon... All of the next things should be available to me now. Like, it's the kind of thing that on your first time, yeah, maybe you need that kind of guidance. But it's also, like, it's more clear to me that if there's not a guy in front of the library anymore, maybe I should go to the library. Rather than, you know... Oh, I have to fly to this place to talk to this guy that tells me to go to the library and then go to the library. So yeah, and especially when you're, like, not playing very often, it's easy to forget where you left off. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of just, like, silly little side thing you have to do first is even more annoying. Um, But I think that's about all I got. Uh, I just wanted to complain about that real quick. Um, Because I literally spent, like, an hour wandering the whole map. Like, there's nowhere else I need to go. Like, I I don't know what to do. Um, Google is your friend. Yeah. Yeah, I am uh, still kind of losing my voice, so I will concede my time.
1: Tyler! Alright, so the only game, aside from Master Gold that I've been playing uh, all week as uh, of the last week, I actually started up a game that I haven't really gotten around to playing up until now. So, lo and behold, I started playing Final Fantasy VIII. And I am not playing the original PS version that I'm holding right here, even though I have all four discs in this chunky fucking box. Um, because I'm afraid with old PS technology um, it does it wouldn't really work or anything. So I'm playing the remastered version off the Switch because it was on sale. And, you know, what's the harm in it, right? And um, I won't go into any of the plot or any of the characters or in depth or anything um, because that's a whole other can of worms that we don't really have the time for. Uh, So, I'll just go into the big thing, which is uh, the new battle mechanic that this game introduces, which I like to call the draw system, or probably the junction system is more of the apt term. So, how you level up your dudes in this game um, is a bit unorthodox compared to any other Final Fantasy game. Um, I think the most apt comparison is probably the Materia system in Seven. Uh, but that one's a bit more straightforward and easier to understand. The junction system, however, it takes a bit of learning on how on how it fully works. So, in the beginning of the game, uh, you're given two summons. Uh, I think it's uh, Quetzalcoatl and Shiva, if I'm not mistaken. And the first boss you fight is Ifrit, which you gain after defeating him. And Summons work exactly like they do in any other game. Um, you equip them to your guy, and you can use them for a big-ig attack. But what they also do in this game is you equip them to your specific character, and by junctioning specific magic that you have, uh, you can increase your stats even further. Which means that if you don't have a summon equipped, your character is going to be incredibly weak even if you level them up um uh, for like hours on end, you need to have at least one summon equipped to your guys at all times, just so you get the full benefit. And how do you get magic in this game? Um, there's a If you have a summon equipped to your guy, you can equip a command... Uh, you have to equip like four different commands on your guy, um, otherwise all they have is attack. Like they can't cast magic, they can't even use items. That's a whole thing. But like, when you do have your summons equipped, um, there's a command called draw. And basically what this does is you use it on an enemy, and it randomly uh, draws a specific amount of magic that they might have, fire, ice, cure, whatever. And it alternates between uh, getting one or nine, depending on how high your magic stat is, from what I understand. And. I honestly wasn't a huge fan. Of how this works. Because drawing magic takes. Way too fucking long. Like the animation for it. Um, is way longer than it should be. And it doesn't even, even do any damage. Like Kimari's. Uh, Lancet ability in Final Fantasy 10. Or whatever. So. That was annoying at first. But then I learned that you don't need to uh, absorb a whole bunch of magic for every single character at once. You can just get, like, 300 of the same spell um, because you only have three party members uh, in battles at, at a single time. And mm-hmm. you can just switch between party members on the fly. And I also found a neat little exploit where uh, uh, summons... Uh, not only do they level up on their own... But when you give them uh, AP points uh, when you win battles, they also learn specific guilt skills. Like you can um, gain more junctions because you don't uh, unlock uh, the ability to get to put junctions on every single stat at the beginning of the game. You only have like a specific few at a time. And you also unlock uh, different abilities that uh, they can perform. Like uh, you can convert um, items into uh, high-level cure spells, and I found out that um, if you convert one tent, it'll give you 10 curagas, which is the highest cure spell in the game. I managed to buy 10 curagas and um, turn that into 100 curagas, put it on the main character, and junction it to health, and then all of a sudden Final Fantasy VIII, meet Mr. Hammer. You two are going to be very well acquainted with each other. Wow.
2: Did you did you get a hammer just for that yeah, bit?
1: I had it specifically on my desk just so I remember to say that. So yeah, once...
2: Okay, that's dedication, I appreciate so it. So
1: once you figure out exactly how the junction system works, this game becomes... An incredible cakewalk, or at least the early game. I haven't gotten too far into it yet. Um, Right now I'm up to the third uh, flashback to some goober named Laguna. Don't exactly know what exactly his deal is, but i got a good guess what's going on given the context. But uh, yeah, I'm enjoying the game so far, even though the draw system definitely has drawbacks, no pun intended. So, that's pretty much all I've been playing, aside from Master Duel, as I said before, but uh, I'm pretty sure Ben might get a bit more into that. Otherwise, that's just
0: me. So, um, I'll talk about my newest deception last, but uh, first off, thank you for everybody coming out to last weekend's KOF First to Ten. I honestly think that was our most successful 1st to 10 um, definitely the most hype and most fun between the entire I think it helps that KOF 15 is just a damn good Hell game yeah, it, is. Um, it was a lot of uh, early on it was a lot of back and forth it was it was a lot of fun and shout out to Lo and my buddy Steve for commentating Steve bringing the game expertise which it it helped uh, make the play by play analysis feel a more legitimate that you had a person who uh, could under tell you what game mechanics are doing what's going on in this situation uh did he think he did a really good job. Hopefully I can wrangle his ass around for another time at some point maybe if we play King of Fighters. Again. You dudes. Um Uh so, um and uh also so Do I have the Yu Gi Oh bug? I don't know at this fucking point. Okay, listen, listen. All credit goes to Tyler, because I went to Tyler, and I went, Alright, if I'm going to fucking play this damn game, I'm going to play the stupid child's card game that you fuckers want me to play so much, you need to build me a deck of of Power Rangers, mechs, with Power Ranger mechs, and Kaijus, and Anime Girls. Not so much in the Anime Girls, because it's kind of hard to do yeah. it, it, it all in one deck. But, this motherfucker has, comprom- has compromised, has made me a deck basically where I have the Mighty War Power Rangers and the kaiju aspect is I summon a kaiju on your side of the field and I can summon a kaiju on my side of the field and it's basically a Godzilla movie and last night uh, finally I got to uh, I played low in the previous weeks but last night it was all three of us and I got to basically play and they were granted it was a handicap because they were definitely not at least at the beginning they were not going as nearly as ham as they thought that, as, they, as they could have been I've seen Yu-Gi-Oh bullshit I'm not a fan but it was really fun, and try, like, as I played more of the game and become acquainted with what my deck can do, and granted, Ash Blossom myself twice wasn't great, yeah. but, yeah, it's called a learning progress for a reason. I didn't know. I just saw Activate Effect, and my brain goes, okay, do that. Nah, um uh, it's, it's a really fun game. Uh, I've been able to open at least almost 100 cards with just not paying a single dime just from login bonuses, like, that's it. And I think that's really, really great. Um, I have no interest in playing Yu-Gi-Oh! competitively. But with these two Jamokes and uh, others, like, yeah, let's we'll play a game. It's fun. Um, I, may, I haven't downloaded it on my phone yet, but I wouldn't be, like... My goal is to now finish the t- the deck that Tyre uh, has orchestrated for me and to get those final cards ready to go. So once I go... I, that's when I can't really wait to see what this deck can do because I'm kind of not... Pl- I'm playing with the basically... A couple of filling cards that kind of just do justice, and it it did okay. But I really want to see what the second do. Yeah, and once you see, currently once you
1: see the full deck. You will be getting out uh, big Z consistently. It will be glorious. Yeah,
0: and uh, the other other deck he's making me construct is the Knight's which you, uh, a Fleur Knight deck, which is uh, went along pretty well yesterday. We actually got a couple of pulls um that like we needed which is really really fucking sick i think i got like a ultra rare like on stream which is really really sick um the game is fun i won't lie man like i don't i don't want i don't have the inclination to spend money or anything but it's it's fun especially if you have people to play with that being said you know hearing low and other people follow on twitter talking about people surrendering after one link chain combo I'm like, that doesn't sound like fun, because then I'm not even playing the game. You're just wasting my time. Yeah, this game is much um, more fun when you
1: have a friend group that's also interested in the game. Because when you're playing randos, it's most likely Quit City. But just like yeah, that, in um, the real-life Yu-Gi-Oh! card
0: game, it's much more enjoyable with people you're acquainted with. I'd imagine. Like, I feel like they should in- in- uh, implement a penalty for that, for people who just surrender immediately. Yeah, right. Like, like... Like, I understand not wanting to sit through something a long time, but I feel like you should suffer something as, as a player. Because I know, like, I don't know what it would be. I know various games that I play, you get penalized for... It's basically rage-quitting. You're basically rage-quitting at that point. Uh, and I feel like you should suffer a penalty. Yada have banned in this game, you coward! Stop quitting. <sighs> um, what, else have, what else have I been playing? Oh, uh, I actually dabbled in Splatoon 2 a little bit. Uh, because... Uh, it's not on our news because it's kind of just a drop of mention kind of thing, but Splatoon 2, the Octo Expansion, became available for all Expansion pack people, which I'm like, huh, I never bought that. I remember wanting to buy it, but I kind of just forgot about it, and I played a little bit, and it was like, it's, it, it basically feels like the same story missions from the, from the main game, but more focused, if I was I have to say, you have a little map that you go through, and it basically works like a subway system, uh, where each sort of level you do You have a certain amount of points that you have to spend. And if you run out of points, you basically can't progress. And you have three lives for it. And you have to spend points to get lives back. Uh, It just felt good to play Splatoon again for a little bit. Obviously, I'll probably play... I want to play more of it just to get ready for Splatoon 3. I don't want to drive into multiplayer because the people playing that game still now are probably all gods. I have no interest in getting bodied that hard by Splatoon play. Yeah, Um, Well... If I had a group of people who wanted to play Splatoon, sure, but, uh, I, like, this is a good way to to play Splatoon uh, 2 without having to commit to, like, that, or maybe Salmon Run at some point. I don't even know if people play that anymore. As for what has been my most recent fucking obsession, the game that I cannot fucking put down to save my goddamn life, it's Assassin's Creed. Yar, I've asked me, nadies. So, so I don't know why. Actually, I do know why. One of my favorite YouTubers started playing it, and I, and I, I was like, hmm. I have that game. This looks kind of fun, you know? And so I popped it in, and if like... I famously said that the reason why I never bought this game was because Assassin's Creed 3 had pissed me off so Same. bad. It was such a letdown. I was like, fuck Assassin's Creed. I have, this is the first Assassin's Creed game I'm playing in a decade because Assassin's Creed 3 came out... Uh, November 2011, I was there, Shame. and I remember they announced Black Flag. I was like, "Man, fuck this!" And it's a prequel to the to the previous story. Fuck this! This is stupid. I don't want to play more because actually, I did not like the naval combat in three. I, I was like, "That's the best aspect." I'm like, "That's it." Fucking sucked. Um, uh, I don't remember it that much. Maybe, maybe, it, but so I'm giving Black Flag a fair shot, and I need to say I'm hooked. Uh, I think it does a great job of balancing both what makes Assassin's Creed Gate, which is like the, the stealth missions, the open world, you know, the, the typical Ubisoft, you know, like the checkmark list, okay, go get this thing, go get this thing, do that. It's very, it's very like, I could turn on my brain and kind of just go with the flow and kind of, uh, flow chart it, but it's fun. Um, and it, and I really didn't start getting addicted to it until I got to the open sea. That is when the game really becomes, because it literally is. You're a fucking pirate. You have a pirate crew, and you can go around. You can raid boats. You can you can sunk ships. Do all sorts of things. Find treasure. Rescue people off the who are, are who are uh, uh, stranded. It's just. There's something so cool about boarding ships. Every time I do it, and I take on either a Spanish ship or a British ship, I always board them, and it's always so satisfying. Especially when you have to one of the objectives is to go up to the top of their ship and take out their flag. It's just, it's just fun. And you know what I did before the fucking stream started? I took out a fort. I took out a military fort while there were two fucking water spouts going around me. So it was literally like Mother Nature was fighting against me to To take this out, it was insane. It's so insane, and what honestly, what's really driving me to play this besides how fun the open world is and just you know hearing sea shanties on the high sea, it's it's the story because I in in the big uh, I'm about to spoil the, the plot if you don't care, um, but the, the the big twist in Assassin's Creed 3 is initially you play as Haytham Kenway, who is God. He should have just been the fucking protagonist in three. Jesus fuck, John. Uh, Connor Hawk F- fuck him not Connor Hawk that's the DC character Connor I know his name is Connor something where is Charles Lee but hey Hay- Haytham was a very interesting character he had a very cool me and my me and my friend had a meme joke named for him but I can't remember it right now and the big twist was that he's not an assassin; he's a templar. So you went, "Oh shit!" And that's like a big at the time. That was a big deal because that summer I had been I had played every single Assassin's Creed game, so I was invested in this fucking story of ass- assassins versus templars, the first comer race. I was like, "Oh my god, I need to know what this grand plan is, ultimately for them to just throw it down the pipe." But it doesn't seem like they're doing that in this game. They're they're definitely referencing shit, but it's safely taking a further back seat. So, um, I knew, since I knew this story takes place before Assassin's Creed 3 and the timeline-wise, I knew that, okay, Kenway Hatham, uh, uh, oh god, what's the main character's name in this game? I know his last name is Kenway, but I can't remember I mean, his first Edward? name to save my life. Edward! I know, Ed, okay, I know, um, Edward's son becomes a Templar. And I'm thinking, okay, so is he a Templar? So what I love about it is that, Edward is not a, is not a templar or an assassin when you start the game. He's just a pirate. He's just a dude who washes up with a uh, an assassin turncoat who's going to give information to the templars, and I and he kind of just gets dragged into this world unwillingly, which I'm like, oh my god, for the first time in like at least up to that point. You're playing as a character who has no idea about the grander scheme of things. And, like, it, it almost feels like this is supposed to be... And maybe that was the intention. Like, a, a fresh start for um, Assassin's Creed. Um, whether, however, 3 did or not. Like, this is a... You can start here if you want and go from there. And you don't have to play the previous games. And they do make re- reference to Desmond at the end of his fate. And they found they find his body. But... I kind of and so like now I want to know okay, so I and in the game so far you meet up with the Templar or something okay so this is how it becomes how Haytham becomes a Templar he joins his uh, Edward joins up with them and that's it but now I'm with the assassins and I'm kind of helping them so I'm wondering now I, I have to think in my head where's the turn going to happen at what point do does does Edward turn or does Edward not turn and does Haytham the one that turns I don't even. I'm fascinated by that, that that's a, I need to know how that happens And so right now Edward is kind of deciding like, Well do I want to help The, the assassins or, or the Templars? At this point he doesn't give a shit He's just in there for the money That's all he cares about and I kind of like that it, It's like for the first time in that franchise's History at that time You have this character who just does not give a shit about The, the end like All this precursor shit that's been happening Since uh, The first game and I think it's, I don't know why, but I find that really, really, really appealing. I can't put it down. I cannot put this down. I guarantee you, after I finish this this podcast recording, I'm going to go play some more. I'm going to go play some more. I'm going to go, uh, you can hunt orca whales and humpback whales, and it's basically like fucking fighting Godzilla in the open sea, because it's terrifying, it's open water, they go in the water, you turn to Jeff and all Nick of a sudden Wild you go- All of a sudden, you'll see a fuck... Like, I found the Orca first, and number one, the Orca is huge. Like, oh my god, that thing is fucking huge. And it just jumps it. It's it's so terrifying, but so cool. Ah, this game is just... Why did you have to make Assassin's Creed 3 suck back? I could have experienced this ten years ago! But maybe that was for a reason, and maybe I would not... I would have not... I would have skipped all these in the entry, so now I have other stuff to play. I have no idea if the other Assassin's Creed's will live up to the experience that I'm playing here, but I do know that this game right now is just so much fun. I And I have Rogue to play with after this, which is even great. Um, fuck. Yeah, so that's all I've been playing. That's that's all I've been playing. We're going to take a break. We'll be back. we got a hefty bit of news this week. Uh, so sit back and stay tuned. How long do you put the timer for? A minute? Yeah. Doesn't even, That feels like such a fast minute. Alright. Th- three. That's what she said. You don't want her to say that. Three, two... Minutes. Before. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the news portion of the Cast. We got a shit ton of news to go for because of our decision to do a Gattaca Watch Along last week. And let's kick it off with some news from Sega. Worth it. Um... Was it though? Uh, at least according to Thomas's reaction. Um, <laughs> wow! And Tyler's. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We had fun. We had yeah. I I especially had fun. <laughs> um, I love that movie. Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke, Baby, call me. Uh, C- Crazy Taxi and Jensen Radio reportedly getting a big budget reboot. Sega uh, uh, currently working with the intention of creating new installments that generate reoccurring revenue in online communities. Oh no.
2: Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. According
0: to a report from Bloomberg, the reboots are part of a super, Sega Super Game Initiative, which aims to create games with large communities and the ability to generate long tails of revenue. Basically, the Fortnite model, microtransactions, field content drops. Bloomberg sources claim that Crazy Tax Reboot has been in development for over a year. Sega Games release it over the next two or three years. JSA Radio are allegedly <laughs> to afford planned Super Games with a third apparently being a first-person shooter that aims to generate 780... That's a lot of money, Sega. Both Crazy Taxi and Sister Radio date
2: back to... The dream, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, it's talking about the game's history. Yeah. There's that mo- as exciting as this is, There's it sounds mo- like we're going to get some, like, microtransaction garbage, free probably for to, mobile.
0: Is that free-to-play bullshit? Well, I mean, you can't call it, like, super, like, a name like... Sega Super Game <laughs> Initiative and not have... People are going to think it's going to be for console.
2: Yeah, but it could also be one of those where it's like, you know, console, PC, and mobile. Yeah, which means... Uh, but mo- it's going to be catered to the mobile audience, there, like, there's, gameplay-wise. There's
0: that monkey's paw. I want Jet Set Radio and... and um, oh, what was the other one? I <laughs> want Jet Set Radio uh, and Crazy Taxi. Crazy Taxi. Crazy taxi. Crazy taxi. Listen... Taxis are irrelevant in 2022. Crazy um, Wow. Cr- no, actually, <laughs> they charge you. Well, you would feel bad about it because then, then uh, the person who who's living on it can't make a minimum wage, um, or can't make a livable wage based on doing that. So, I'm, ex- I guess it's a wait and see, right? Because who knows? It may be fun. It may be a fun. I, I could definitely see, get, especially Crazy Taxi for his arcade game. That is, you know, I love that game. Um, that could work for sure. But, um, uh, I think, uh, I don't know about Jet Set Radio, but like at least there's a spiritual successor coming out for that game to satisfy our yeah. needs there.
2: Um, but if I- honestly, I think Jet Set Radio could work really well in the free to play space because if you factor in like if, if let's say they make it like an online game. Okay. So you're going around like a, like a, um, a shared hub. And each person has these, you know, crazy cosmetics for their uh, their skater. And you see everyone, like, you know, styling on each other. And, like, they have, you know, cool emotes. And they're just showing off their own graffiti, which is not going to be custom made. It'll be from a list, because otherwise it's all dicks all the time. And, like, you have the people that are, you know, showing off their crazy, like... Uh, I I paid $100 for this graffiti art on the wall and and other people were like oh man how do I get that it's like it's the Destiny model where it's like you know you've got all these really awesome um uh, emotes and things like that that they drop all the time and Thomas talks about a bunch um, I think they could make that work with like an online Jet Set Radio type game and it would actually be really good that'd be cool Yeah. We'll have to see. We'll have to.
0: We'll have to see. Next up, some really fucking shocking news. Xenoblade Chronicles 3, which was originally announced for a vague September. We never even got a ruling, official release date. It just said September 2021. And everybody, any any Xenoblade fan, kind of in the back of their mind was like, this game may or may not be delayed, and I'll be fine (laughs) with that. Nintendo read our minds, and they said hold that shit we're, we're not just gonna we're not gonna delay the game we're gonna move that shit up xenoblade is not coming out in september of 2021 it is coming out july 29th 2020 no 2022 sorry i'm getting too excited it is coming out mm-hmm. july 29th 2022 and they accompanied a brand new trailer with uh up to seven characters at once playable and Oh, this whole new, um, you! what's the, what's the persona that Joker has? What's his name? Aron? Arsene. They're all based off Arsene. of those, like, famous thieves. That's it. See, so, yeah, it looks like that. I, mm, you know, I had this whole plan. And fuck, fuck off, Nintendo. I had this whole plan. I was going to replay Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Everybody was going to get excited. Or 2, rather. See, I'm too excited. I can't talk. And then now it's like, nah, fuck you. Got till July, end of July, to replay that game, which that's not possible. Whatever. I'm fine. I can't believe it's coming out at the end of July. That is insane. Yeah, this that is, is fucking game. insane. I can't believe
2: that. That basically means this game was done, and they were just sitting on it until September.
1: I imagine that uh, it was probably um, one of those things that they wanted to wait until like the last quarter of the year to release. But since it's already finished, mm-hmm. and people are probably going to get this game anyway, and eh, may as well uh, put it
0: out a bit earlier.
2: Well, plus they delayed Splatoon three, so I think
0: that's. I think that's the bigger thing is. is like, well, okay, we can we can yeah. delay because swapped. Yeah, pretty much. So like this was ready to go, and then it was like okay, well, and then they were probably waiting on Splatoon three's progress, which that's also I guess we could just talk about that news now, right now, if you can, if you want to bring it up with next, I'll uh, give you time to yeah. prep it up. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited. Uh, it means I'm not gonna... I'm trying to try to replay as much of Xenoblade Chronicles 2 as I can, but fuck, I cannot believe it's already coming out, and I'm gonna have to ask for that week... I'm gonna have to ask for that week off now! Thanks! Which actually, that co- that coincides with, I think, Evo, so that works the fuck out even right on. better. Fighting games and Xenoblade all in one weekend, what more could I fucking ask for? A Xenoblade fighting game. M- I had that, it's called Smash Brothers. Um... Xenoblade Warriors. Yes, actually, yes. Africa, especially now with all the characters that are there. Hell yeah, absolutely. Great idea, Justin. So, going into that, to other other according to other Nintendo news, um, the reason why this game is coming out is because it looks like Splatoon 3, which was for the longest time slated for summer 2022, is now coming out, allegedly, uh, at, at least as of right now, September 9th. Of this year. So it looks like Xenoblade, Xenoblade would have been the first half of September uh, versus the, the end of the month. Um, of course, this also it, uh, they showed a new uh, trailer. It has the new 4v4. It shows some new weapons. How do you guys feel about the new Splatoon 3 uh, release date?
1: I honestly feel like uh, um, this delay is probably like an online thing. Like the, There was probably some online stability issues, that they probably need more time to work the kinks out. So that, to me, that's probably uh, why the game was delayed. But that's probably just speculation on my part.
2: Yeah, I mean, I have yet to really see anything that drastically distinguishes this from Splatoon 2. So I don't really care about it. But... Uh It's September's a weird time. Like Splatoon 2 is either or Spl- Splatoon has been known for summer, and this like September October time is usually the dumping ground for games that are just okay.
0: I mean so that's, it's a little weird. That's not
2: true. You're the so are you calling Metro Dread okay? No.
0: So like not not
2: But I mean it's it's a game that Nintendo wasn't sure would sell well. Just saying.
0: I have no thoughts. I'm excited. Um, I think they'll show more. Um, I think what's gonna keep. I think the Splatoon community. I think Splatoon three will take off just because the strength of the Splatoon the Splatoon community. It's just so fucking huge. Like people are still playing Splatoon two to this day, and I think people will happily migrate over to the new game, especially with the, mm-hmm. some of the stuff they've added to Salmon Run. Shut up. Um, why? Because I will pronounce it how I want to pronounce it. This is America, so that's how I choose to pronounce it. Um. So yeah, I, I need to see more. I think what I'm curious about Splatoon, Splatoon Three is its story mode because I think the weakest aspect. Granted, these games are more multiplayer focused. It's just how they've been, and they're fun multiplayer experiences. When I, I'm I usually play it the first two months and I stop playing. But I really hope, especially, I really hope they put more effort into the single player and not make it just tutorial missions because that's what that's ultimately what they are at least initially and every time i see boss fights i've seen the splatoon one and two boss fights i was like fun but i'm like i don't want to go through all that dredge just to get that
2: so we'll see um yeah i want like a, a proper single player campaign from from splatoon cuz it's got like a cool lore to all of it yeah but i only played the first game i didn't play the second one and like the single player in the first game was very much like you said it's just just, kind of just teaching you how to play the game. Yeah,
0: it's very much like Mortal Kombat, the the 3D era, where the story
2: mode was just, you know, tutorial land, for the most part. Yeah. But there was some solid stuff in there. It's just, it wasn't very meaty. Yeah. So,
0: who knows, maybe if this game does well enough, they'll do a spin-off uh, where you play as a, a, an actual, like, I don't know, 3D action platform or, th- you know, who knows. Satoon so 3 is, def- so is definitely one of their bigger hits now. And we'll have to see they could call it squid kid games huh no no that my stomach churned just hearing that um okay (laughs) moving on to the next thing i'm gonna scroll back up um justin i'll let you talk about
2: this because you know how i feel about this game yep so i mostly just put this in here because it's a, a surprise um marvel's avenger is getting a new playable hero in jane foster thor uh, who's also known as the mighty thor but i guess they called it jane foster thor to differentiate from other thor um this is another similar one to like the you know the hawkeyes where she's clearly going to be based on thor but will have her own set of abilities and that kind of thing um obviously her own outfits and stuff but, yeah, I genuinely thought that after Spider-Man, like, they were just going to quietly drop this game. Even though they said they were going to keep supporting it, I didn't believe it. Um Granted, this is kind of more of a, you know, half-character. And it's the first one that we've gotten in, like, six months or something like that. So it's not a great showing. But, like, they're, they're not done. So that's neat. Um... Like, I actually I haven't jumped back into this game since Spider Man came out. Um and I want to. It's not it's not that. It's just I don't really like playing it alone and no one else wants to play it anymore. Um, so yeah, maybe maybe uh maybe a new character will be something to get people to play with me again. This game is um, starting in as But there's really not a lot of information. Um this says. Update 2.4 is coming in May. Um, and. It's coming
1: in May. Damn it, you beat me to it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and I believe, yeah, she will be in. Uh, update 2.5. So. Probably June, if I had to guess. Um, but yeah, there was also some information out. Um, where people were kind of like shitting on the on the uh developers and stuff because i mean they made this game but also because uh they had you know this whole roadmap out and everything and it pretty much ended with spider-man and then there hadn't really been any news since and uh the community manager i thought had a really good response of basically saying that like we we did the roadmap thing and we kept missing the deadlines because it was never really a roadmap; it was just kind of a general idea of what we wanted to get done, with dates erroneously attached um, where they shouldn't have been. So people didn't like the roadmaps, and now we got rid of them, and people are complaining that there's no roadmaps. He's basically like, "I will tell you the next, you know, six months of stuff we want to put out, but I don't want to put any dates or anything on it because it's not that concrete." So it sounds like they're still actively developing things they're just not being as like upfront about you know the the roadmap of stuff to come they're kind of more focusing on like update by update so that you're getting like the information you're receiving is closer to when it actually comes out so they know that it's right um and I think that's something that these like live service games should do more often uh, less of the you know, here's what we want to do in the next year, and more of the here's what we're actively working on, and here's the data that's coming out, like next month.
0: I just, I just can't believe it's still happening. I know. That's that's it's especially with how the player base can't be as big as it was, even with
2: the the upgrades to the console. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like it's a perfectly solid foundation for a game. But it's not a live service game. And so getting getting people to keep playing is very hard. Because they shoehorned live service elements in when it's really not built for that. So I'm not, I mean, like I said, I like to jump in whenever there's new story content with a new character. But I don't know why people are playing this, like, regularly. It's the only game we have, probably. Content. That's
0: probably why. <laughs> Or they're, like, huge Marvel Marvel, Marvel nerds, Marvel zombies who just like, I need to play these game for my characters.
2: <laughs> Maybe. But no news of anything, like, if she'll have her own story missions or anything like that. Probably not. I imagine it would be, like, a Spider-Man thing where there's, like, some, uh... Some unique, you know, voice lines and, like, some uh, lore bits to get in regular missions. But not, like, her own, um... Not like her own DLC pack, like the other characters were.
1: I imagine that they only threw this in just to promote the Thor movie.
2: Yeah. They probably got some kickback from Marvel to put her in. All right, well, Which is also why I'm guessing June or July. I'm surprised
0: Doctor Strange didn't get... Was it the characters? I, I guess because of, you know, Multiverse of Madness coming up, but who knows, right? Oh. Um, yeah. He's
2: probably a little more complicated to
0: develop for. Probably, and it's probably easy to take the Thor model and just use it as a basis, and then create unique stuff out of it. Yeah, probably not as expensive. Oh well, I guess if you're happy playing this game, you are. I guess I'm going to sound passé about it. Um, fuck this game. Moving on, we have finally that wasn't necessary. Um, it's always necessary. Um, it's like sixty bucks on that goddamn game. Um, Sonic Origins. Uh officially has an announcement after Sonic Summit Avengers where we have was announced and nothing got talked about for months. But now we got a concrete answer. Um and uh it finally has the details for both Sonic 1, 2, Sonic 3 Knuckles, and CD. These are not don't expect straight ports of these Sega classics though. In addition to remastered visuals, updated for these console, Sonic Origins is just new achievements, collectibles, animated shorts, game Damn. modes, putting a fresh Pair of sneakers on these old classics. In Sonic Origins, players will be able to choose between playing in Classic Mode or anniversary Mode. And, of course, Classic Mode is basically the uh, typical aspect ratio, and adversary Mode is probably the much-preferred full-screen experience uh, with infinite lives, so you don't have to worry about getting repeatedly crushed to death in Chemical Plant Zone. They know. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Even says you know the place. Sonic Origins lets you play as Sonic, Tails, and Knuckles throughout all four games, giving you the opportunity to beat Metal's, Me- Metal Sonic as Knuckles, or fly through green heels on his tails. While Sega has given fans up, upteen, bundles of these first heresy games, Sonic CD hasn't seen a proper re-release since 2011. Nowhere on yet of the version, the game will feature, uh, uh, of the, of the us or vest Japanese soundtrack, uh, Judge for Yourself, yeah, and it gives you an article. I much prefer the Japanese Sonic for CD. sure. Soundtrack if you ever listen to it. One of the best Sonic soundtracks and then, out there. And then here comes the negative part, because fucking Sega can't fucking help themselves. And well, honestly, it's not that bad, but when you initially look at it, it looks hella sus. Um, <laughs> So they released a a chart that had four different bars. Sonic, Origins Standard Edition. I want to remind everybody, this is all digital only. There is no physical edition in the works for Sonic Origins. Not yet, anyway. And it's... And it shows main on the left side it shows main game, 100 coins, mirror mode, hard missions, letterbox background, character <laughs> animations in the main menu, camera controls in the main menu island, character animations uh, during music islands, and additional tracks from the Mega Drive Genesis styles. So, for some reason, Sega decided to add these things called Start Dash Pack, free DLC included with a pre order, so it's a, basically a pre order bonus and then Premium Fun Pack and Classical Music Pack, which are basically just DLC add-ons, not different ways to play the game, which initially what people thought when you first look at this chart, which is Sega's fault, not theirs. And then you have the Digital Deluxe Edition, which has all this just baked in, for the most part. Yeah. If Sega would have just released the the... Oh, the basic and in the digital XX per second, here's what you get with this, here's you get this, everybody would have been fine. But for some reason, they had to put that middle shit out of there instead of like making a separate picture of and here's additional DLC you can get and this is how you get it. Yeah, and all this all the
1: uh, DLC stuff that they put in this chart is more or less just superfluous shit that they could have put in the base game for free. Like, if you want to spend the extra five dollars on all this stuff, then by all means. But I don't know. It just seems... Uh, it just seems like a really dumb thing to, like, include tiny little shit like this on, like, a pre-order road map, in all honesty.
0: There is speculation going on, around, around the only reason they're doing this is because, obviously, it's never been 100% confirmed that Michael Jackson may or may he not have worked on Sonic 3 and Knuckles. In fact, there's... Uh, certain music tracks that you can find on the CD original CD uh, PC version of Sonic Three & Knuckles that are not in the Genesis versions. Oh yeah. And so, which ones are the originals? So there's debate that well, maybe they're doing this because the estate, Michael Jackson's estate, is playing hardball. There's no concrete to this, but that is the only like kind of concrete thing anybody can come up with as to why would you have somebody pay pay for this. Um, so everybody, so everybody, people are speculating also that the music in Sonic Three and Knuckles is going to be changed because of it, because of the Michael Jackson association.
1: Yeah, hopefully that's mm. not the case because the, the remix version for like the early PC versions of Sonic Three & Knuckles are terrible, like they're not good at mm. all.
2: So I have a question. Um, as a as someone that knows very little about Sonic. Why is Amy on the poster and stuff, but she's not playable? She was
0: in Sonic. Yeah, you rescue her. That's her debut. I don't know why she's not. So she's not playable in that game. No, she was not playable in that game. She was just. Okay. She was. uh, You just rescue her Sonic. I. That was another criticism they they remade. Like, okay, you can make Knuckles, Tails, playable in the other other three Sonic games. Maybe and and you did all this work. Why can't Amy be playable in all the games? Like, that, that would was, require like, making obviously... an
1: entirely new move set, because you can't play right. as Amy in any of the
0: classic games
1: anyway. Uh, the only 2D game that she's playable in is Sonic Advance, but that's working on a completely different engine than the Genesis games, and that would probably be way more work <laughs> than uh, what the June 23rd deadline entails.
2: Yeah. If she, if she wasn't playable in any of the games, I totally understand it.
0: See people, see people like Amy. They like Amy, um, but uh, mm. also it is uh, a Headcanon who is helping with these remasters. So it's these are not at least. these these are not ports of the original games. They are rebuilt from the ground up, and I think you have to get credit for that. And I think um, these are, you know, I think the, I think some people are criticizing the price point. I think for like. The fact that they've added all these new all these new things, the I think the widescreen support is going to help a lot of people, especially with Sonic Three and Knuckles, which has never um, had a
1: widescreen support up until now.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, this is actually Sonic Three and Knuckles' first re-release since like 2012 on Steam. That was about the last time it got an official yeah. re-release, and a lot of people speculate it's because of the Michael Jackson connection. Yeah, in that it's some music is it's tied up with, it's tied up with that so. I'm buying this collection just for that. I already got just a for warm. portable Sonic. 30- I even got the digital yeah, so. deluxe just beca- just because. Okay, and it comes out uh, pretty much launches for everything on June 23rd. So Sonic get anniversary, Sonic on. I I am so looking forward to playing Sonic One as Knuckles. That's gonna be the first thing. We're gonna That's do. gonna be <laughs> crazy as shit. That, love it. Like it, it's gonna be broken. It's gonna be broke. Let's be real here. Um, yeah, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be so good. Okay. Uh, but we do have some bad, somewhat bad news. You can, depending, you get take it as bad news or good news at this point, at this one. But, Sega has begun delisting, uh, previous Sonic games, uh, the classic Sonic games ahead of its release. Oh, dear. Um, Sega is delisting individual versions of the included, uh, classic Sonic games from Digital Storefronts and, and International Sonic Origins. Sega announced a press release that Sonic 1 and 2, Sonic 3 and Knuckles, and Sonic CD will not be available as standalone titles as they will be part of the Sonic Origins, which compiles the blur, the Bluebirds, or this Avengers 1 collection. Uh, the press release says that Sega plans to remove digital versions of Sonic the Hedgehog Two, 3 and Knuckles CD from Storefronts on May 20th. There are a couple of exceptions, as Sonic 1 and Sonic 2 will still be available on the Nintendo Switch eShop through the Sega Ages Collection, and Sonic 2 will remain on the Sega Genesis Nintendo Switch Online app. If you just want one of these games and don't want to pay for Origins, you have less than a month before these cheaper options disappear. Right now, you can grab uh, all three C D for about five bucks each, combined about twenty bucks, which is significantly less than Sonic Origins is forty dollars. However, these five dollar versions are basically ports of the original Genesis trilogy, while Sonic Origins, you know, they're basically digital remasters. So, I I don't really like this because I understand and and, G, and we criticize GTA for doing the same thing when they removed. Mm-hmm. They granted the original three. I I like the idea of having the shiny new thing and labeling it as this is the new version. I don't like the idea of removing a way to play the classic versions. Yeah, um, you know, you you it, like you could just and anybody who says oh just buy Genesis or just open or fuck you that's not the <laughs> point asshole. Um, it's he. I'd rather just go to Steam and be able to buy Sonic One if I wanted to.
1: Yeah, uh, delisting these cheaper options uh, denies the people that can doesn't really have the, the wallet to get this new Sonic Origins for the $40 price point. Like, sure, it's a shiny new game with uh, new mechanics and stuff, but if you want to save money on playing these old Sonic games without having to resort to emulation, you're not going to have that option anymore, and that really sucks, especially in Sonic 3 and Knuckles' case where, as we stated before multiple times in this podcast, it's not widely available. Like, you can only get it on Genesis or probably on like a PS2 collection or something. Uh, And uh, it's just one of those things where uh, it's just another uh, case of not preserving um, uh, older games and preserving their legacy. And that kind of sucks, yeah. but at the very least, unlike the Grand Theft Auto trilogy, Sonic Origins is in good hands. I trust Christian Whitehead of making a quality product, and but it just sucks all the same that uh, folks are being denied a cheaper alternative.
2: Like I, I get it from the uh, the storefront standpoint of they don't want people confused like what they're getting, but that's probably a small amount of the market. Like, if you're looking up each of those games you're going to find each one, and then you're also going to find Origins that has all of them together. It's like you, you can, you know, parse out that information yourself. Um, but it, it is an issue on, like, you know, for example, they did that with the Final Fantasy games. They delisted all those old versions when the Pixel remasters came out. But some people like the originals more than the remasters. Granted, I think they're crazy. But, like, there is merit to that. So, it doesn't hurt to have the options.
1: Yeah, just always have the options open.
0: So, I don't know. We'll have to see. Uh. Not a good situation. Not at all. Um. So, next up... A a pretty cool one that may or may not get me to play Call of Duty for the first time in my life. (coughs) Uh, Godzilla and King Kong are coming to Call of Duty Warzone. What?
1: Why? Uh, How?
0: Crossover is becoming between gaming and entertainment. Um, Oh yeah, Wu-Tang is coming to Fortnite? Okay. Uh, Apparently, okay, so Godzilla and Kong will will, will arrive on May 11th. The event is called Operation Monarch. It is entirely it is entirely clear just how exactly these movie monsters will fit into Warzone, however, that the event will introduce a new four player quads mode based on several classic experiences with a Titan sized twist. The spent uh, despite the militaristic Five Studies Warzone. So yeah, there's not much other than a trailer and I won't lie, it does like somebody made the comparison that this looks like Godzilla vs. Kong if it was directed by Eric Gareth Edwards, and I thought that is so fucking apt because of the the very gray undertaking and... Like, for a game trailer, Kong... Like, look, like you can see Kong. Kong looks fantastic. He definitely looks like his Skull Island uh, version. Yeah, he looks cool. cool. Um, the problem I have with this trailer... Godzilla. God! God, the monster versus Godzilla is so cool. Yeah, he is. The problem with this... I'll tell you why this trailer is awful. I'm going to tell you why... This is awful. What is up with Godzilla's roar? Why is this roar not the roar? I don't understand. Why? Could y'all not... Y'all pay for the fucking license. Did y'all not get the license to put the roar in? Really? Yeah, that, how did they fuck that up? I don't, like, I can't judge the event. I mean, yeah, I don't like Call of Duty, but, like, I'll, I'll have to see how it goes. But that, I think that's... That, I think... I think it's just going to be there, going to be in the background, and I think that'll be cool, because no fucking other game will give me Godzilla in it, apparently.
2: Toho, what the fuck, y'all?
0: Yeah. Um,
2: um, didn't, didn't PUBG do a, a Godzilla we don't talk about that. thing? It did, but nobody talked about it. <laughs> I mean, we did, but okay. nobody,
0: I don't remember seeing anything on it, so this is much more high-profile. I wasn't sure if it was a fever dream or not. No, no, it's just, this is much more high-profile. Also, mm-hmm. this looks better. This
2: looks a lot mm-hmm. better. Um... Like I just I would guess they're gonna be like fighting on the battlefield that you're playing. Yeah. So like you'll be you'll be fighting each other, but they'll like you know, fought, feet will crash down and like possibly kill you and that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, because there's no way that you're Which gonna be, cool. be killing Godzilla
0: bullets. No 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 no. I, I, yeah, it's called Operation Monarch. Who knows? Maybe maybe other kaiju will show up. I think I think it's cool. And God, I'm sorry, I can't get over the rendering. They look just like the the movies, um, like mm-hmm. the early versions. So that was cool to see. Um, I don't know. It's Call of Duty Free. Is that game? Isn't Warzone free to play or something no. like that? No. Okay. I don't think so. Damn it! Fuck off then. All right. Um, speaking of free to play, Justin, let's take the handles on this because I have, do not give a shit about Diablo.
2: Okay. Um so Diablo Immortal, the uh mobile um, Diablo game, is finally has a release Wait. date for June second. It's not out? I thought it's no. been out. Nope. What the f there were multiple betas for it oh. and it's been it's literally been pre registration status on my phone for months now. Maybe a year. Um but yeah, it's finally coming out on June second. And, uh, the, the game notorious for being announced with the... What? Don't you guys have phones? Trailer? Uh, the game's coming to PC now. Wow. What? You guys don't have PCs? So that aged well. <laughs> I think I... Uh, uh, but, I mean, it looks good.
0: I think I read on this is that the fact that they're doing this because... Specifically for Android devices, there's, there there are people who are already going to emulate the game via Android. So they, and since it's already free to play... Just, they just made a PC version to play on, like, Android a- the, the game on your PC through emulation. So they just making this PC version of the game. You're gonna play the game anyway so might as well make an official version out of it.
2: Yeah. And I think it's also a thing where, um, it should be cross-platform, cross-play? I think that's
0: what the trailer said, yeah.
2: So they just want people to play it more. Like, you know, you'll play it on your computer and then send your data over to your phone and continue playing there. Like, why wouldn't you?
0: Yeah, it doesn't look bad. I won't lie. Um, so yeah. Maybe if I'm drunk enough, I'll taxi... I'll... I'll you can get the squad together. We'll all play Diablo Mortal together this summer.
2: There we go. That'd be good. Um, yeah, because, I mean, I'm I'm gonna play the crap out of this. Like, I've been waiting for this as, like, the perfect mobile game. Like, I've had so much time on my phone to play games. Oh, Giant Spider! Fuck that. And... Nope, don't wanna play I've anymore. just been waiting on this game. Mm-mm. Um... I've read there's some predatory free-to-play stuff in there, Ugh. but a lot of it is, like, the cosmetics store, like, auction house stuff. And they've been retooling so much of the loot system and stuff with the uh, the closed betas they've been doing. So I don't really know what it's going to be like when the actual game comes out. Um, there was just early reports saying that there were some issues in there, but every new beta has been different. And better in a lot of cases. So, I don't know. But the gameplay loop looks solid. Um, it looks. It reminds me of like a a bit of more um, frenetic paced Diablo three. Uh, I wish it showed the UI on here, because I don't totally know how that's going to work. It's not ready yet. But
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. that would be bad though if it's not ready yet. The game comes out in two months. Um, right. I'm mo- one month. One month. A month from today. Okay. All right. Uh, so yeah, I'll report back when it comes out. Now on to our final and last story and our probably fucking big story of the day, the biggest story of the fucking week, probably, of the month. Yeah. Square Enix is selling Tomb Raider, Deus Ex, and Thief, and their studios. Um, uh, The Embracer Group, a planet-swallowing mass of video game publishers that already includes games like Gearbox, CSU, tonight announced a deal to purchase a number of story studios and properties from Square Enix, while the purchase isn't final, this is an agreement to acquire them until everything is signed off later in the year. The announcement press release says that if approved, it will be a USD of three hundred million dollars for a three hundred million embracer will get a hold of uh, Crystal Dynamics, IDOS Montreal, Scranix Montreal the latter, which is going to be in for more for a name change, numbering around eleven hundred employees worldwide. The catalog of IPs include Deus Ex, Tomb Raider Thief, Legacy of Kane and the continued sales operations of more than 50 back to games also in interest uh, Crystal Dynamics is actually working on several AAA products including the next Tomb Raider uh, uh, Square Enix bought Eidos back and uh, Crystal Dynamics from nine. Uh, of course they resolved over the tomb- successful Tomb Raider and Deus Ex reboots and of course they then went on to do god damn it stupid Samsung yet. Their ownership became something of a meme in recent years. No matter how high their review scores end up being, or how many copies it would sell, Square Enix always had the game underperform. So, this is a good thing. I, I
2: think this is extremely good. It could be. So, um, because I had to do some research on Embracer though, mm-hmm. because I've never heard of them. Yeah. And then it was like, oh yeah, they've been buying up all these things like Gearbox and and THQ, and I'm like, wait, what? That's like, who? Who are these people? Like everything on their website. Like, I was trying to see, you Tyler. know, what they do, like, games-wise and stuff. It's nest.
1: No, I was gonna say that it's, everything... like, Ego to Living Planet based on what it says on this article.
2: Yeah. But everything on their website sounds very, like, sterile and, like, businessy. It's like they're basically, um, they are, like, focused on the, the, um, like, fundraising and that kind of thing it seems like, and just kind of let the studios do their thing. Which could be good, because, I mean, clearly Square won't leave them alone and keeps ruining everything. Um, But these, like, this isn't like a Sony or anything. Like, these definitely feel like it's just, you know, the money house for the game-making department. Um, So it's a little weird. But... uh, I put the Kotaku article in here specifically... Um, like, you know, they're kind of sassy. I don't usually like their reporting. But, um, I put it in here because they quote the Square Enix press release, um, saying that the transaction will assist the company, Square Enix, in adapting to the changes underway in the global business environment by establishing a more efficient allocation of resources, which will enhance corporate value by accelerating growth in the company's core businesses in the digital entertainment domain. In addition, the transaction enables the launch of new businesses by moving forward with investments and in fields including blockchain, AI, and the cloud. So basically, Square Enix sold off a bunch of their studios to help fund their blockchain efforts. And that just that just puts a puts a pin in Square Enix's Tombstone. We're not
0: even talking about the, U- the Yuji Naka shit from this week
2: either. Ooh, yeah. Which, nope. Yeah, that's a fucking camp.
0: Yuji Naka's an asshole. But yeah.
2: three hundred million. That's not a lot of money for all of this.
0: Especially with how like how how much money they've probably generated from merchandise and yeah. all that stuff. Hell no.
2: Yeah. This this to me reads like one of those things where Square Enix just like needs a fix and they're like take it take it just just give, give give me your give me your change i need something like i need to get like they're they're like addicted to this block you know they're the- terrible business ideas and so they're just like hemorrhaging money and taking whatever they can get yeah
0: i mean i i hope these i hope uh, in the future these studios will be all right because those days games are heralded as being great the tomb raider games with the exception of Mm -hmm. of shadow was were considered were considered great and the only reason shadow was hampered is because the main studio was working on fucking avengers so what does this mean for the future of of avengers now that the studio no longer unless it's like to come up with an agreement to
2: keep working on the game that's like a whole other thing like that's like you know um Well, that's the only thing that worries me, is like, some of these games have done well. Like, *Gardens of the Galaxy sold really well, and Square Enix was still disappointed by it. But, I feel like this kind of group owning these properties, they're only going to focus on profitable endeavors. And, admittedly, a lot of these uh, IPs were not very profitable for Square. So, either they're going to retool them all... And try to, you know, make more profitable games. Or they're just going to hold on to the IPs and do nothing with them. Like a lot of other things that are, you know, Monopoly. Um, It's like you can only make so many things under your umbrella when that many things are owned by one company. But we already have a new Tomb Raider game in development. That's not going anywhere. Uh,
1: Um,
0: uh.
2: I think... One of these studios is working on Wolverine.
0: No, that's right? um, no, that's one of the that's a Sony. Yeah, Insomniac, I think. Yeah, that's that's not
2: that's not any of these dudes. Oh. I don't think so. I thought they were working on another s- superhero thing. Mm, I don't think so. Hmm. Okay, maybe I'm wrong. But yeah, I think everything already in development is going to continue, and they'll assess, like, what's profitable, you know, through dumb metrics and all that stuff, because they don't actually care about entertainment, they only care about money-making. Yeah, it's
0: Insomniac, by the way, for Wolverine, so. Um,
2: I was right, yeah. But, also, like, I don't really want anything under Square anymore. They kinda suck. And they don't understand how to manage their Western studios.
0: Uh, Yeah, in, in, like, yeah, for sure. Or they're always disappointed. They can
2: barely manage their uh, Japanese studios. Oh well, yeah, I mean
0: we talked about this this cough fucking, seven remake on PC cough.
2: I mean to to yeah.
0: kind of throw in the Balan news like how you know like how they handled that situation. You know, firing mm-hmm. the game's director six months well, like six months into the game's development. And to be fair, Yuji Naka has a has a fucking history of being notoriously difficult to work with. So it's probably fifty fifty there, but. Uh, let's be real here. Some of it, it's gonna go on Square Enix. So, let's just... What, what the fuck is... And, of course, there's also that $11,000, um, uh, Terra statue that came out where, uh, here uh, mm-hmm. uh, Sakaguchi, Ooh. the creator of Final Fantasy, came up and was like, are you okay? Like, did the Terry Bogart. Are, are you okay? Like... wolf! Like, something's going on at Square, man. Um. Yeah. Which sucks, because I love, the, like, Toronto Strategy is
2: one of my favorite games this year, and they didn't fuck that up. Um, you know? Their, their indies seem to be okay. They, they have the smaller. It's their AAA efforts that are not... Yeah. ...doing growth. All uh, right,
0: yeah. We'll, we'll have to see. It, it's definitely going to be a situation to monitor going forward, but I really hope that the publishers for... The developers for these, you know, like, uh, for these games land on their... Land, land well. And we get something out of them. Okay. Heavy, heavy, heavy. But go read up on Yuji Naka. There's actually a full like English translation of his interview and stuff like that. <laughs> um But uh, I just want to point this out, I just want to say this about him. Uh he sabotaged Sonic Extreme's development because he would not share the knights uh the technology they were using for nights. He would not let them use it at all for Sonic Extreme at all. Yep. Like, he just would not share Oof. it. Um weird. Yeah. He's like it's it's our thing, so you can't fuck with our thing. He quit um,
1: through so. Sonic 06, but didn't through Shadow, so...
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, he... Yeah, I, I want I want, a book. I want a Netflix documentary on Yuji Naka and all that stuff. I think it'd be really interesting. But now it's time! We're not gonna talk about Yuji Naka anymore. Uh, we're gonna talk about, uh, our topic of the night, which is games that we, uh... I am not to how to phrase this, Justin... Um, games that we never expected to get, but glad that we have. So, um, basically, like, games that we've played, that we were either gifted or bought ourselves because we were curious, that we didn't really know what to think, or just curious, but it became one of our personal favorites. And
2: Oh, that's not what I meant at all. Is that not
0: what you meant at all? Okay, are you talking about just games that no. were
2: made? Yeah, I meant games we never expected to get made, mm. and, like we're surprised to find out about. Oh. That's why I was saying, like, I thought Xenoblade Chronicles 3 would be one of yours.
0: That's, no, because we knew about that. That's the yeah. thing. There were rumors everywhere. Nelia's voice actress. Even I guess 2 would be it, more think, accurate. Xenoblade, Xenoblade 2 would have been that. I mean, I, I still yeah. have answers. But, um... Okay. But, yeah. I, yeah, so there you go. So, things that we didn't know were in development, but that came the fuck out of nowhere, and RKO'd us out of nowhere. Uh, so, it's your topic, so I'll let you go first.
2: Uh, well, the the thing that actually made me like think of this topic was because I was reminiscing on how uh, how awesome it was when uh, Spider Man Miles Morales got announced. Um, because I mean, I knew you know we had the Spider Man PS4 game, which also was amazing. Like you know, it was it was a surprise announcement coming from Insomniac and stuff, but. We knew Miles was in that game and everything like that. It ended with him, like, getting bit by the spider, all that. Which I thought was going to go into a sequel. It There's, there's something there. But then, you know, to announce, like, a, a spinoff game that's just focused on Miles and his family and his friends and all this. You know, before we ever got an actual Spider-Man 2 was, like... And only, like, a year or two after they finished development on... Spider-Man PS4 because if you factor in the DLC and stuff um it just was such a shock and made me very happy it was like one of those announcements where I like teared up a little bit um because that's my boy and he was the only playable character like you know he wasn't splitting his time with anyone or anything like that even into the Spider-Verse like he kind of had to you know split his time um And then my other big example would be Metroid Dread. Um, It wasn't so much that I wasn't expecting to ever get another Metroid game, but it was just like, when it was announced, you know, after 19 years, (laughs) um, when it was finally announced and how good it looked, and then the, like, coming out in, like, six months, or less, I think, was just one of those things, like, I'll probably never get to experience again like the the sheer joy from you know like not knowing this thing existed to looking forward like five months to it like I don't know it it's it's a it's a special feeling um I probably got others, but those are the two. I just kinda wanted to like get the you know conversation started, okay, so we can move on
0: Tyler, you got a couple
1: um. I only can think of one at the moment. Uh, for me, it's gotta be Sonic Mania. Uh, as a yeah. lifelong Sonic fan, uh, I've followed the series for a very long time, and along the road, there's been many hits and misses uh, throughout the Blue Blur's tenuous career. He's starting out with,
0: like a fucking YouTuber's Sonic three D video. Sonic did, has had a rough career.
1: Yeah, pretty From, much. That,
0: that, that <laughs> but, fucking cliche.
1: But then, um, in, I think it was summer 2016, or probably a bit later than that, where they announced, uh, Sonic Mania, and just seeing a classic 2D Sonic game again for the first time in years made me excited, like, more than any other Sonic game. The last time I felt like this was when Generations was quietly announced back in 2011, uh, And the game did not disappoint. I had a blast playing through this game when it came out. Um, And it added some uh, cool new stuff to it. Like, the drop dash is a cool new welcome mechanic that I absolutely can't find myself not doing in older Sonic games now. Uh, And with uh, Sonic Mania Plus that came out a year later, they brought back Mighty and Ray, which are two characters that have not seen a game appearance since the 90s. And they're super fun. Like, everything about that game is super fun. It's nostalgia pandering at its finest, and it's probably one of its biggest drawbacks, but I don't care. Game is fun as fuck, man. And it's definitely (laughs) one of the best Sonic games in years. And then Sonic Forces came out and ruined that. Anyway, I'm on to you before I can think
0: of something else. So I'll I'll, I'll, think, I'll say the Nintendo one first, which was I think it was the the um the, the, the first ever Switch direct River, that presentation that they did, and they sh- I th- mm-hmm. I think that's where Xenoblade Chronicles two trailer for Switch one. I'm pretty sure that one because at that point I think like the previous year or two I had played Xenoblade Chronicles one and I was in love with it, and I didn't even think about a sequel. Right, it was like oh it's an obscure I I learned that it was an obscure RPG and it took for it fucking Nintendo dragging their damn heels but porting it over here to the mm-hmm. west so when i saw that trailer i was like oh and of course you know pirate helped a lot but like oh my god it's a new game obviously we had x but x wasn't really like what i was at least i was looking for i know a lot of people like x but yeah, i, I was a weird really one yeah uh, that one was one the next ones i got are, are sega related street of rage 4 I have to say that one because that was like, wait, hold on. I I remember seeing the animated trailer and seeing the gorgeous new artwork and hearing the music and then... Uh, the Axel grinding of his fist and doing the form. Like, oh my god, it's Streets of Rage 4? Like, you can't... What? <laughs> and of course, then waiting, like, uh, what sent, like, an eternity for the game to come out, and then when it does come out, it's like, I it's one of those games, just like Sonomania. I just keep playing it every now and then. It's just one of those games I can always go back to. The other one is also Sega-related. Is E3, I think, 2019, I think. It was either 2019 or 2020, I don't remember. Panzer Dragoon Remake. Like... No idea, no... Maybe, like, if you go look for this shit that's out there, but, like, I was like, hold on. I remember sitting in my chair and fucking blowing up their Discord chat at the same time. Like, what is... As soon as I saw that fucking dragon, I was like, Badger Dragoon, are you? Like, it was one of those things where I couldn't believe the first game was getting a remake. Like, it just blew my fucking mind that that was was getting a full-on remake. Um... Ah, God. And, and yeah, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 doesn't count because, um, just because we knew they are coming. But I will say Xenoblade Chronicles 1 Definitive Edition, that was a, oh, my God, we're getting a remake of the first game. And I think it was, I think it was September 2020, or 2019, because it came out the year the pandemic started. So, I still remember... September direct, okay let's go, what's on there and I think an it's ending, the same direct
1: where they announced that Terry was coming to Smash. I
0: think it was I think it had, it had been the same one. Um, uh, and then like hearing the music I went no way. It, like that's probably those are probably ones I can think I can probably think of just because those are properties very close to me. I um, uh, I can't think of anything else right now. So Justin, you got any more?
2: Yeah. Um I just wanted to kind of quick. It's it's not like one that blew me away, but I wanted to do a quick shout out to uh, Kirby and the Forgotten Lands because I just I didn't think it was possible to do a three D, like you know Mario three D World type Kirby game, and they crushed it, like that you know that first trailer, which was like oh this is this is not just another Kirby game like this is something new and different and like, surprising. <laughs> Um so that was just it was a really cool thing that I never would have expected um which is the topic. And then the other one, sorry I'm only doing Nintendo things. It's I, mean, it's I did I did Sega. So um, you're,
0: you're good, dog.
2: Yeah. The other one is again, not one that was huge for me, but a big surprise. Um Donkey Kong Country Returns. Oh. Uh because I mean, it had been years. Like, you know, we had... The three country games were all on SNES. And the only real Donkey Kong game we'd... Like, mainline Donkey Kong game we'd gotten since was DK64. And, you know, that was pretty divisive. So, like, not only getting, like, a new country game, basically. Like, continuing that franchise. But from retro. Like, was a huge surprise. And... I mean, I thought, like, once, you know, once Rare went away, like, once they were bought by Microsoft, I was like, Donkey Kong's dead. Like, we're gonna get him in, you know, other kind of cool spin off games and party games and stuff, but we're not gonna get an actual, like, Donkey Kong game again. And then we got two. Yeah. And one of Probably them... Probably with another one on the way.
0: One yeah, one of them was the best one ever on Tropical Freeze. Um, mm-hmm. I got, I got, uh, I just had it. Um, I don't know if this counts, but I'm gonna say it because I didn't I don't remember hearing about it. Mario Odyssey reveal at the first ever, at the Switch reveal. I thought about that. That one was like fucking. Oh my god, a new 3D Mario game and it looks insane. And it's not like some like. Granted, I like 3D world now, but at the time I was like, really, this is this is what we're getting mm-hmm. on the Wii U. Of course, we get this shit on the Wii U. We get a lesser 3D Mario game, and that one I think I'd have to go with that because we knew about Breath of the Wild like. Mm-hmm. um we knew a Zelda game wasn't developed We just didn't know, and, and like that was not, I would got that. But Mario Odyssey, first <laughs> time we're seeing it is that gameplay trailer, you know, with the millennials on top of the rooftop, which that, that's not a thing. That's not a <laughs> thing. I don't know a single millennial who fucking plays, who has a rooftop uh, thing, unless their dad has money, in which case they don't count.
2: Cause they're bitches. Sorry. Um. The only reason I didn't say that one was because like. I mean, a, th- a new 3D Mario game is pretty expected. I don't think we expected that one then, right? That's what but, I'm counting. Like, it. We were going to get a new 3D Mario. Game.
0: That's what I. That's what I counted because I just didn't expect it. Because yeah, like after that was Mario Galaxy was 2010, yeah, 11, yeah, something like that. Yeah,
1: Galaxy Two is 2010.
2: Yeah, that was a while. Okay. That was that was a yeah. while. So, I mean, you couldn't top them. They they couldn't do better than those. True. So they just didn't. I mean, Odyssey's pretty close.
0: Honestly it comes close.
2: Yeah. Um, fuck, yeah, it fuck you sunshine.
0: Fuck you sunshine. <laughs> uh Tyler, you got another one? Uh the only other one I can think
1: of in recent memory is probably Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel. That's an announcement that came completely out of nowhere. Uh and um it's just one of those Yu-Gi-Oh! games that just has top-notch presentation like and it's even better that it's free to play. Like it has mostly up-to-date uh cards and strategies and you don't have to pay a single dime on it and it's still really fun to play like I find myself playing it at least once a day at this point it's insane
2: <clears throat> cool uh, on a similar note I'll, I'll say real quick the uh, the new it's not out yet but the new uh, Pokemon trading card game online Um, again I'm waiting for it to even go pre-registration status I'm kind of hoping it just gets Phantom dropped one of these days. But that was another one where it's like the old card game was like 10 years old or something at this point and it was basically a mobile site that they had like rigged into app form. It does not run well. And before that, all we'd gotten was the two Game Boy Color trading card games. And uh, that's it.
0: I got one more. I got one more. Yeah. Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 for Switch. Mm. Um, because uh I, I was a huge Marvel Ultimate Alliance One fan. Two can suck my ass. God, what a fucking let down that game was. <laughs> um, but three was like, uh, and so, well, I, I keep forgetting Nintendo published the end game, so it's never coming to <laughs> other platforms. Um, suck it, bitches! You have Avengers to deal. You can play <laughs> that game. This is m- by a switch. If- I'm sorry. I'm I'm very salty about Avengers. Still, two years on. Uh, but that one, because really? it was like... It was like, oh my god, finally a Marvel superhero game. That's not the Lego game. I enjoyed the Lego games, but it was cool. And it was hella fun to play. And god, I want to try streaming it for for my multiplayer game where my stream doesn't crash every five seconds. Um, That'd be fun. I'd be up for that. Uh, yeah, maybe do a hard mode hard mode run or something. Um, Oof. It's not that bad. I'll carry you fuckers. I
2: died enough.
0: Get good, son. But yeah, Marvel to my Street, Just because I had not... Scene development um and anything like that, but I can tell you one thing that we know doesn't exist that, even despite everything saying, does exist.
2: All right, bye. Uh, I'm gonna get Metroid, you
0: know. Metroid Prime does not exist. I just need
2: to reestablish that Metroid Prime does not exist. Oh no! Uh, oh, oh, something happened to Ben's audio. Oh, it's not. Hell, it's Metroid not Prime anymore. exists. It's happened. the
1: trilogy that doesn't exist.
0: That doesn't even exist as far as I'm concerned. Dang to, it. You fucking insiders. I, Somebody lied to you.
2: Um, uh, I unmuted just for Tyler to continue insulting me. That's not okay.
0: <laughs> I was just cracking
2: uh, Ben on
1: his attempted insult.
0: It's all an insult because none of it's real. Uh, Nothing's real. Nintendo You're
2: not real. Uh, Birds aren't real.
0: No, they're, they're FBI agents. All right. Uh, anything, anything else, guys? I can't, I can't think of anything else to, to think of. My mind is a blank. Not offhand. Okay. Uh, uh, okay, I'm going to say one more, and you maybe you can agree to disagree. Smash Ultimate Reveal. Same. When it came out on a Wednesday. Like, we knew it, it was It felt coming. very soon. Yeah, we knew it was, like, we knew, like, like, because like, it just, it literally comes out of nowhere with the, We thought it was a Splatoon trailer. Yeah. Well, what we didn't see
1: coming was they were bringing literally everybody back. All cut characters, uh, guest characters, everyone was in it. And that was the hype of shit.
2: Yeah. I mean really everything around Smash Ultimate was unexpected. For sure. Like no one could predict the DLC characters. Like no one could predict the, you know, the regular roster. It was crazy.
0: Yeah, I'll never forget that trailer, especially when the the fireball in the sky and all of a sudden you hear chanting, "Whoa, what the And then the the icon, <laughs> Yeah, it was it's pretty great. That that was pretty like, "Whoa, mm-hmm. holy shit." Um, so there you go. Uh, what are some of your favorite games that just got announced out of nowhere that, that that you didn't know were in development, um, and they just shocked the world? Um, not Avengers, I'll tell you that much. Oh boy, um, I fuck that game, fuck that game, <laughs> fuck that game. I'd rather fuck that not. Game. Um, I should, I never, I will never do it. But I, if if I got paid enough money, I will grab my disc and I will fucking take a chainsaw to it. And and like for a TikTok. The Gears helmet, of War. Like um, Justin, before you go off to Marriott, Scotland, where you join your forefathers, where can the people find
2: your content? I mostly just want to get off this call right now. Um, you can find me if you look for Zero Score on Twitter or YouTube or Twitch. Uh, not going to be doing much for a few weeks because I'm going to be in Scotland, but I will be posting. You know, pictures and things like that When we're just kind of chilling in the hotel room Um, so follow my Twitter For Scotland updates over the next Week and a half or so Um, and then I will be Getting back to content creation, like I said I'm hoping to have a video out while I'm gone Um, it's basically on The most overly ambitious Nintendo DS games Um, so games that just Don't quite work with, you know The power it has and the control scheme And that kind of thing, um and then I'm going to have a bunch of Scotland vlogs. So a lot of stuff in the works. Just you know, no time right now. Tyler,
1: you can follow me on Twitter. At hey, it's that Ty. Check the pinned tweet to take you to my YouTube channel, home of Tyre Shoes Reviews, where I review old ass fighting in for your pleasure. I am currently in the process of editing the next uh, Tiger Shoes video, which has taken over a fucking year for me to work on. I do apologize <laughs> for that. Uh, on the cinema shot side of things, we are beginning the third season of our movie reviewing endeavors, and we will be beginning with the first of uh, many fighting live action fighting game adaptations. The first being the incredibly cheesy nineteen ninety four film Street Fighter the Movie. So expect that when it drops.
0: And you can find me at Twitter.com slash iggy for all things related to so The Marvelous One. And I stream live four times a week at Twitter.tv slash Iggy2814. You can catch me live Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, all at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. And currently, this coming Sunday, I am going to be facing a VTuber of the space variety known as Zeno, as, he cha- as I face him for the fate of the Earth in the first of 10 in Street Fighter Five, can I defeat this mystery opponent who has come out of nowhere to challenge me? Well, I'm a god of Street Fighter Five, so I'm not going to let some fucking puny alien kick my ass. So, of course I will. It's going to go live <laughs> at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. You're on, buddy. Um, and, of course, check out my schedule. I'm going to be ch- No Genshin for the foreseeable future, because I'm in the grind aspect of that game, so I'm going to be playing other shit. I'm going to be playing indie games on Tuesdays. I'm going to make Tuesdays my indie game week. Uh, at least until I fucking feel like changing it up again um, and of course you can listen to the uh, wrestling aspect of our show, the chart shot um, uh, slime along which I do with Thomas it's been a lot of fun doing those uh, just because we like to shit on Bill Goldberg and talk about how great Bret Hart is and that's what more do you want from that uh, thank you for listening everybody we'll be back uh, next week with a very special guest. Uh, check on our Twitter for who that is I'm just waiting for solid confirmation for that um, uh, until next time guys Avengers
2: goodbye everybody I'm gonna have to get the loot to get that in there